0: Everybody. Welcome to the Northern Logger Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Kessler. I'm also the editor of the Northern Logger Magazine. Today's episode is part one of a series on vertical integration. For those of you who aren't familiar with this business term, vertical integration, according to the website Investopedia, is a strategy that allows a company to streamline its operations by taking direct ownership of various stages of its production process, rather than relying on external contractors or suppliers. In the forest products industry, this would be, for example, a paper company that owned forest land, its own harvesting equipment, and employed its own logging crews to supply pulpwood for its paper manufacturing. This was something that was common in the past, but disappeared when paper companies in the Northeast sold off the majority of their land holdings. In recent years, in large part due to a lack of logging capacity and also other regional factors, including available wood and changing weather patterns, the forest products industry has seen some mills and large forest land management companies bring logging and road crews in house. These are examples of taking back control of some of the wood supply chain. Lime Adirondack Forest Company, which manages 235,000 acres of land in the Adirondacks, brought on an in-house logging crew and an in-house road crew for the first time in 2021. For this episode, I interviewed LAFCO's general manager, Eric Ross, to see how it's going so far.
1: I'm Eric Ross. I'm the GM for the Lyme Adirondack Forest Company. Um, I guess, real quick introduction to myself. Um, I graduated from Virginia Tech with a forestry resource management degree and began my career with international paper in the coastal plains of Virginia and North Carolina, uh, managing loblolly pine plantations and bottomland hardwoods, and then moved up to the Adirondacks Um, with international paper and began working on their lands here in New York. So shortly after I moved up to the Adirondacks, all of the large industrial landowners across the U.S. began selling all of their land holdings. And at that time, Lime Timber purchased the IP properties in the Adirondacks. um, And I've been working on those lands ever since. So that gives me about 19 years on these properties, culminating with uh, being the general manager of the Lime Adirondack Forest Company, which is where we are now. It's the land that we own and manage, and it's largest private ownership in New York State at 235,000
0: acres. Wow, that's incredible. So you have a lot of experience. A few years ago, you decided to hire your own logging crew. You purchased some equipment.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, LAFCO as a whole, it's a it's a large um, operating business. So almost all the acreage is located within the Adirondack Park. As a company, we currently have 19 full-time employees, including foresters and now equipment operators, a marketing and log scaling team, a lease manager and office staff. Uh, we have three offices in Queensbury, Chestertown, and Tupper Lake. Um, the entire property operates as a working forest conservation easement. So in 2006 and 7, New York State purchased a conservation easement that opened up a lot of public recreation and essentially extinguished the development and subdivision rights, um, which is great for foresters because it ensures that it remains a forest forever. Um, The ownership's dual certified to the FSC and SFI third-party environmental standards. And LAFCO operates a log concentration and marketing yard in Chestertown. Um, that services our ownership as well as purchasing logs from the open market. Um, so our three major activities are timber harvesting, recreational leasing, and log marketing. And recently, we have added a company logging and a company road crew to the mix. Um, that was a little over two years ago and we made the decision to start up an in-house logging crew and an in-house road crew at the same time. Um, The logging crew consists of a two-man crew running an eight-wheeled Rotney H-21 harvester with an SP head and an eight-wheeled Rotney F-15 forwarder. Um, And we're currently contracting our trucking out to two local haulers. The, the road crew consists of a two-man crew as well, um, and they have a uh, cat excavator, cat bulldozer, cat rubber-tired backhoe, uh, Kenworth triaxle dump truck, and a couple of trailers, as well as, you know, just some of the company-owned stuff, road rakes and, and bridge panels and things like that. Um, so all four of these employees are full-time and receive a full suite of benefits. Um, same as the other 15 folks here at LACO.
0: So that's, that's a pretty big investment. Um, and you decided to do a, a road crew and a cut to length operation, it seems. So why did you decide to do that?
1: Um, it is a big investment. Uh, and that's, you know, that's part of the part of the reason that, that we were forced to do this. If, if forced is the right word. Um, But I'd say that the three biggest considerations were the forced part would be, it was partly out of necessity. Um, Something that's been building for a while in our wood basket is the fact that there just aren't enough available contractors to do the work, Um, whether at all or just in a certain area. And a big part of that is because it's become exceedingly expensive to become a logging contractor these days uh, um, you know, a minimal, a minimum investment for a, a pretty routine mechanized harvesting crew is going to be well over a million dollars. Um, so partly out of necessity. And I'd say this, this would go for both the logging and road crew. Um, I'd say secondly, it was, it was to fill a certain role on the land base that wasn't necessarily av- available. Um, in the area that we have them working, there were occasionally large high production crews available, but not many small nimble harvesting crews that could be used to treat sort of smaller, trickier or sensitive stands. Um, So I would say that would apply more to just the logging crew. And lastly, I would say it was to adapt to some of the challenges that we face with changing weather and logging windows. Um, I think it's no secret that we're seeing shorter, warmer, more unpredictable winters and wetter summers um, that are now laden with fairly common borderline extreme storms. Um, So I would say this adaptability would apply to both crews um, and really help to determine what type of equipment to purchase. The, the cut-to-length equipment, the eight-wheeled harvester and forwarder are much lower impact in ground pressure than most mechanized equipment, um, and by nature can build very stable brush trails because of the way they operate that can stand up well to wet ground conditions. Um, and for the road crews part and the adaptability, it's just available for quick response to flooding and storm damage. Um and is able to get ahead and have things prepared so that if we have to make a quick move with the crew, uh, there's things that are there and ready to go.
0: There's a lot of benefits for both your company and, you know, your employees that operate the equipment, the, the loggers themselves, because they have, a you know, full benefits. It's a, a full-time position. Um, and um, so they have... Uh, care, a healthcare plan and all of that. And how does it, how does having a, a full an in-house logging crew benefit your company?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it absolutely has been helpful, um, to this point so far, the logging crew has been harvesting timber for two plus years now, um, mostly on an 18,000 acre tract that, um, way up north in Franklin County that historically we had difficulty getting contractors to go to because it's located way up north and it was far from home for many of the sort of logging hubs, um, in the Adirondacks. Um, they were brought in, um, at a time when contractor availability across the board was becoming an issue and things have just continued to trend that way. So, We've also treated some stands that no other type of equipment mix could have handled due to the ground conditions. So it's allowed us to treat stands on our ownership that have sat for decades untreated. Um, I'm confident that most, if not all, of the stands we have treated and the timber that we have harvested with the company Cut to Length crew would have otherwise not been done, um, whether it was because of the type of ground that it was, that the operation was performed on or just because of availability and, and being able to get somebody else to do that harvesting. Um, and with the road crew, the weather patterns we've experienced in recent history is it's just become very important that we maintain our road infrastructure to a higher standard than ever before um and be nimble to move to more appropriate ground or road setups during wet weather so our our road crew has just provided us with a with an immediate quick response to whatever the problems of the day are and they're also getting a lot of high quality work done ahead of schedule so we have options to jump to if something if if these storms do occur
0: Speaking of uh the unpredictable weather, last time we met when I visited your job site in the northern Adirondacks, it was the end of March, and the ground was still frozen. There was still snow on the ground, and I think it was like twenty degrees, so those were pretty good harvesting conditions, right
1: Those are good harvesting conditions, unfortunately, the winter started in March so, right <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 2023 has not been kind uh, to the Adirondack logging industry. Like I said, the winter harvesting season didn't really get good until March. Um, And then despite a fairly dry start to the summer, uh, things got ugly pretty fast with a historically wet start to July um, that has continued and as evidenced by the severe flooding and Long Lake and Newcomb and those areas recently. Um, And then, as I mentioned to you earlier, as we speak today, we're assessing severe damage to our big moose tracts in Herkimer County from heavy rains last night that flooded the Independence River and surrounding areas. So, um, you know, consistent rain affects operations with missed days and lost production and more difficult operating conditions. And we've seen that um, for most of 2023, and then on top of that, you throw these extreme events um, such as Long Lake and Big Moose that you know they really just bring operations to a screeching halt, require contractors to move everything, which is very costly, leave jobs half done, and and really, ultimately, for the landowner, are very costly to put back together.
0: Mm-hmm. So the severe rains and flooding um, this July really impacted your operations.
1: Yeah, we we were lucky enough um, to dodge the the big destruction that was seen in Long Lake and Newcomb just because we sort of have a hole there where we don't have any ownerships. Um, But We saw very similar activity in 2019 with the Halloween storm that affected um, tens of thousands of acres, particularly in Hamilton County for us on our Perkins Clearing Speculator Tree Farm and Crotchet Pond tracks where we had seven bridges washed out and dozens and dozens of culverts and large um, gully washes through roads, you know, six foot deep. Um cavernous gullies just washed through the roads um and we've just finished putting that back together, so we did not need the the long lake and Newcomb storms to hit us as well so, um but it's it's been it's been a tough weather year, regardless of the big storms um it's it's just it's it's been wet
0: so um with your in house road crew and and also the logging crew. When we met last time, um, you told me that things were going pretty well. You know, you were doing well financially with those operations. So is it is that still the case? Yeah,
1: that is the case. Um, the road crew, I would say hit the ground running um, and it sort of took off right from the start. The the cut crew is a much bigger investment. Um, those machines are extremely expensive. So you're you're pushing a million and a half dollars just for the equipment, um, let alone all the support stuff that goes with it. Um, So it takes a little while to get that stuff up and running and, and get the production to a level where you start seeing that return come back. Um, But like I said before, it's, I, in my opinion, that's all harvesting that would have been foregone. Otherwise Um, there just aren't enough contractors available, particularly in that area to have gotten that timber harvested. So it was here all of last year and was able to take advantage of some some pretty good markets for logs and things like that. So uh, we've gotten our feet under us and uh, hopefully the trajectory is, is, is upward.
0: Do you think you will add more equipment and um, more crew members? Time will
1: tell. Um, I, I think that it's been successful enough that that's absolutely uh an option and i don't think that the dynamics that sort of drove us into that uh don't seem to be changing anytime soon uh i think there's still a lack of contractor capacity um the crazy weather continues to impose its will on us so you know those are two of the biggest reasons um that we that we decided to get into it with both of these sets of crews and uh, if anything, they've only strengthened their positions so um it's definitely something that as a company and with our landowner partners that we've explored and continue to explore um, so i I would say it's a it's a possibility for sure
0: and you still work with outside log- logging contractors too we
1: do um yes that's i mean at this point eighty five percent of our harvesting capacity is still done with, uh, service contracts to independent contractors. Um, and that's been our norm since the, the ownership started here. Um, it was until we put on our own crew, it was a hundred percent contractors and service contracts. Um, and that's still going to be, no matter what we decide to do, to do going forward, that's going to be a huge part of, um, the supply chain and a huge part of the cog in our operations. So uh, we're routinely trying to work with our contractors and figure out what they need to make their businesses more successful. Um, And some of the things we can do with our road crew um, helps to take the onus off of them. And um, we try to get things set up so that they can just show up and start harvesting timber and sort of have a lot of these other um, ancillary worries taken care of when they get there or, taken care of for them while they're there. Um, so it's, you know, it's a long, it's a long story, but it's, it's, we're going to have to figure out a way to attract younger folks to go work with these people. Um, we're going to have to figure out a way to get people to realize that, you know, the, the whole trades um, option got a lot of steam in the recent past instead of maybe the traditional college, route for people. Um, but I don't know that logging and truck driving for logging uh, has has been a big part of that. And somehow we got to get an inroad so that at least local folks know that that is an option and a, and a pretty good one. And, and then we got to make it so that it's a good paying job and people look at it as a career and not just a summer job or something they're going to do until they figure out what they really want to do to keep these contractors healthy.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's huge like industry wide question that I think a lot of people are thinking about and trying to you know figure out some solutions for that so I just have a a final question um how are your markets these days? are you experiencing the same contractions around the northeast uh as you know as people are in in maine
1: yes we are um it's a, it's as much as it's been a tough year for weather, the markets have been tough as well. Um, the low grade markets, um, paper mills locally and really across the U S have seen, um, contracting orders for paper, uh, which has forced procurement teams to put people on quotas and, and drop some prices. Um, locally, we've also seen the Fort drum biomass facility shut down. Um, so that, took some capacity away from the low grade outlets as well. Um, the, the log markets really saw dramatic price decreases year over year, um, you know, to the tune of 25 plus percent drops um, in price depending on grade. Um, it was somewhat expected due to the inflated prices of 2022. Uh, but even but that said, it comes at a time when inflation and increased costs Of doing business continue to go up, and we're still dealing with some of the supply chain issues and labor issues that really exacerbated themselves during COVID. I guess with the log markets, the silver lining is that there is demand due to the poor weather and lack of low-grade quota. Um, A lot of people haven't been harvesting their lots because they didn't have outlets for some of that low-grade material, so. Logs can be sold, um, but the prices have certainly come down this year.
0: Well, thanks so much for sharing your experiences um, at LAFCO and with um, vertical integration. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners?
1: I would just say that the unique climate we're in right now with all of the sort of inconsistency and Challenges we've seen over the last five to eight years. This, I guess you could take it all the way back 15 years if you really wanted to, um, starting with the land ownership pattern changes of all the industrial forest owners selling to Timos and things like that. And then over the past five to eight years with, you know, weather patterns and COVID and supply chain issues and labor markets and huge economic uh, ups and downs, throwing markets out of whack, Um so it's a tough it's a tough business uh, to to make a go of. And I just hope that everybody in our industry, and I'm confident they will, because it's a great group of hardworking people, will will keep their nose to the grindstone and and keep figuring out solutions to to keep this going.
0: Well, thanks, Eric. We really appreciate that. For more information on the topic of vertical integration, read my article in the August issue of the Northern Logger. You'll also be able to see photographs and read quotes from members of logging crews in the magazine. If you're not a magazine subscriber, go to our website, northernlogger.com, for more information and to subscribe. Thanks for listening to the Northern Logger podcast. Be sure to look out for part two of the vertical integration series coming in a few weeks.